Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation. And welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio. And if you've listened before, welcome back. This is Pastor Keith Radke here in studio with Pastor Steve Pearson, Redemption Hill Church. It is the Advent season. What did you get me for Christmas, Pastor Steve? Well, first, you need to start introducing yourself, Pastor Keith Radke, from River Community. That's right. So people know. And I didn't get you anything for Christmas. (laughs) Okay, thanks. Well, I didn't get you anything either. And I am Pastor Keith Radke of River (laughs) Community Church. And you can find out more about the churches that Pastor Steve and I have a privilege of pastoring by visiting rhutah.church and rivercommunity.church. And of course, you can catch previous episodes of Shouts of Grace Radio at shoutsofgraceradio.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher, and you can say, hey, Alexa, play Shouts of Grace Radio podcast. You can? You can. Wow. I didn't know Hey, that. Alexa, <laughs> play Shouts of Grace Radio podcast. And I just want to know how many of you, your your Alexa machine just turned on right now. Um, let us know if it works by the way too, because if it doesn't, we got to fix that. But here on this, uh, today's broadcast, we started off last time we were together, Pastor Steve, talking about Advent, talking about the Advent season and what Christmas is all about. But more than that, what is the significance of the first coming? And as the Bible talks about the coming of Messiah, it speaks of a twofold implication to his coming, which is why we believe very strongly Uh, In the second coming, because his first coming, as we saw in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7 last time, there's two parts to it. Mm. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and then the rest of that uh, little portion of Scripture talks about his taking over the world government. Mm. Well, that didn't happen. That didn't happen when Jesus came uh, the first time. Which was a stumbling block to a lot of people. That's why many people couldn't believe in him, couldn't receive him, because... They knew from the scriptures, hey, if he's going to be born, then he's got to he's got to overthrow human government. He's got to take over. The throne of David will be the throne of the world. And, Which will come, and we'll look at that in a couple of weeks right. when we look at Revelation 19. But you're right, and that, and you had even mentioned last week's broadcast that that was a hard thing for people to grasp because of the idea that, you know, that, that the king— that, that they felt was coming didn't fulfill what they thought he should fulfill. Instead, he was killed. He, he was killed. But here's the thing. What he did fulfill, what we're going to look at today, what he did do, they weren't expecting. They right. weren't looking for. They wanted that, 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 that relief from Rome. And so I, I, think it's, I think it's important to understand, well, if, if he didn't do what they expected him to do, what did he do, Keith, when he came? What, what did this child who was born and this son who was given— and and um and what what did he do to to really establish God's imprint hmm. in creation? God broke through the veil, the only one to ever break through it, stepped into time for what? Yeah. You know, and so for, I think that's a for, good good thing to look at. For what and for why. So in our last episode we talked about who. Who is Advent all about? And it's about Jesus Christ. It is about the only begotten Son of God. It is about the one that Isaiah prophesied would come as a child. 
And and he would talk about in Isaiah 53, Jesus was very normal as a human. He was very average. There was nothing that set him apart. Nobody was attracted to him because of his physical prowess or because, you know, he was a fantastic philosopher or he was, you know, just a, a magnanimous type of a person. He was an average person. And yet in that average human body, the body that, according to Hebrews, was prepared for him, right, mm-hmm. was 100% God, Emmanuel, mm-hmm. God with us. And, and, and even though, unlike Saul, when, when the people chose a king and he mm-hmm. was this, mm-hmm. this great stature and everything about him was good looking. And head he and shoulders above the rest. Head and shoulders above the rest, being chosen and a wimp hiding inside of a tent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't forget that part. Right, but, right. But, but when Christ came, there's interesting, though there was nothing that was attractive about him, here's what these men said when they left his presence. Never has a man spoken like this before. And, and so there was a, there was a very understood power and authority mm-hmm. that he had, um, not only in as he spoke with the people, but over the elements, over the demonic realm. I right. mean, this was a son that was given to the point to where when demons would see him, they would shudder. You know, right. now, 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 why? What demons don't shudder over any, you know, mere human, except for now, obviously, the, 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 those that are filled with Christ. But I wonder, and I often thought this, I wonder if there was some sort of familiarity mm-hmm. being that they are on the other side of time. They're, they're in that realm of eternity. If they knew, oh man, look at, look at, look at this. You know, right. there, there's a great, in the passion of the Christ, there's a great scene when Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, he's praying and he's, and he's, and he's talking to the father and, and, and the one representing the devil is sitting there and he has this weird look on his face and he said, who are you? Who is your father? You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and I just, I, I, I love that scene because it's like, man, you have no idea who right. just stepped into time. You have right. no idea right. who's here and what he's about to do. You know, you're, you are going to bruise his heel exactly like was said in Genesis 3. So there's so much in the Advent that we can camp out on. But I, yeah. I think we need to look at, you know, why did he come that's and, right. and what was his purpose? And that's what we're going to do here. We're going to start in Isaiah chapter 61, our last broadcast. We talked about who we are speaking of. Now today we're going to talk about why, and we're really going to kind of slow that down a little bit, and we're going to break it up into two episodes. Um, So let's just go ahead and start with Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. And it goes on to talk about what the Lord is going to do at the coming of the one that we understand to be the Messiah. This is who people were expecting. This is what they were expecting him to do. And the why? What is the why, Pastor Steve? 
So Jesus, interesting enough, and, and, and you can actually re- reference this in, in a few minutes, Jesus actually in Luke chapter 4, verse 16, he stands up in the synagogue and he reads this. Then he shuts the scroll and he says something that shook every listener. He said, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And they were livid because they understood this is a messianic prophecy. This is about the one who's to come. And Jesus, on no uncertain terms, was saying, this is it. You know, I'm here. And and he begins by saying, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Now, wh- what does that mean? Because a lot of times, Keith, you know, as Christians, we're like, oh, yeah, we're walking in the spirit. We we use some vernacular that people who aren't Christians would go like, what? What's wrong with this? You guys are walking in the spirit. You're, you know, cleansed by the blood. It's like this this weird Christian vernacular. Right, that right. What like, do you mean? Well, what does it mean when he says that the spirit is upon him? So, so. In its fullest measure, the Holy Spirit rested upon Christ. We don't get the full measure of God's Spirit in right, that sense. He right. did. And in Isaiah chapter 11, he explains this when he talks about this 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 root of Jesse, um, this branch that's going to come forth. And it says this, And the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So he says this is the full measure, Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. This is the full measure of God's Spirit resting upon the Messiah, the spirit of wisdom and understanding. This is important because the spirit of wisdom means that Christ contrary to the world's wisdom, knew everything. He he had all knowledge mm. and he had all understanding of, of the deepest parts of the human heart. Right. The deepest parts so that he could say to a guy like like Nicodemus, who who comes to him at night and says, we understand you're a teacher of God, you know, and Jesus cuts through the fog and asks a question that wasn't asked, you know, and right, answers a right. question, you know, who do, who do men say that I am, you know, or, or not, that was, that was Peter, but he says, um, he says, you must be born again. You, yeah, yes. you, you must be born again. And, and you're listening that you're like, who's, who's, Wait, what conversation is this guy right. having, man? I Why isn't he answering the question? <laughs> but exactly. You know, so he under, he's the, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding rests fully upon Christ, um, the spirit of counsel. When you have wisdom and you have understanding, you can give amazing counsel without which you can't give counsel at all, right? And so Jesus was able to give the most amazing counsel and the spirit of might was upon him. I mean, you want to talk about being able to do mighty acts and mighty things, peace be still, and the sea stops, right? I mean, just this incredible full measure of God's spirit resting upon the Son of God. And then he says, and God anointed me to preach or to give good news to the poor. When you hear that, Keith, what does that mean to you? Well, if I'm this Pharisee audience, that's one group of people he's talking to, I'm I'm immediately going to the context of, of prophetic implication. Here's a man who's now saying, I'm here to fulfill prophecy, right? Well, he's going to have to prove it, or we're going to have to deal with him. Okay, there in Luke chapter 4, there's actually a group of people that says that they marveled at the gracious words hmm. that Jesus spoke, and then... Others would say, isn't he just Joseph's son? And Jesus' response to that is really interesting. He says, and, and, and this is where that one scripture comes from about physician, heal yourself. Jesus says in uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 23, responding to, is this not Joseph's son? And he said to them, doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, 
Physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did at Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. And he said, truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. But in truth, I tell you, there are many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heavens were shut up three years and six months and a great famine came over the land. And Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. When they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath, and they rose up and drove him out of the town, brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so they could throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went away. So there's obviously a reaction that is required when Jesus presents himself as the one to fulfill this prophecy, this prophecy of one who has an exclusive anointing of God, which we'll elaborate a little bit more over the break, an exclusive anointing of God, and he is fulfilling specific word-for-word prophecy. You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson and Keith Radke. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airwaves with good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for the conclusion of today's conversation. Okay, so here, Isaiah chapter 61 Jesus reads in Luke chapter 4, and he says, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your midst. And of course, there's tension in the room. Some people are like, wow, his words are amazing. You know, the gracious words. And others challenge him and say, you're just Joseph's son. Who are you? Right? Who do you think you are? Kind of a thing. And Jesus says, this is exactly why. In times past, God did not deal with you the mm. way that he wants to deal with you Wow! because of your unbelief and they were ready to throw him out. You see, Jesus's revelation of who and why he came and why he's coming again is to require a response out of us. Which side are you going to take? We want it both ways. As humans, we want it both ways. Jesus, he came to, to speak good things and to make a positive difference in the world. Jesus was a good man. He did great things. Uh, He cared for the poor. He spoke wisdom, right? We start to, he was a good teacher. And Jesus would challenge somebody who said that to him, why do you call me good? Only God is good. Okay, well, see, there, there it is, proof. Jesus didn't say he was God. No, 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 no. He was asking the person to consider their words. Don't don't play little games with Jesus. Is Jesus who he said he is? And if he is, then why he came matters. Why he came to you and to me matters. And what I need to do about that matters. And what I ultimately decide to do matters. It it affects my my eternity. That's right. He He says there, Keith, he says that he's anointed me. The Spirit of God rests upon me. He's anointed me to... Bring good news to the poor. In, in Matthew chapter 5, when he's talking about the Beatitudes, he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. It, everything else that we're going to look into the rest of this time and, and next week really proceeds from this. 
what's the good news that he's come mm. to to preach to the poor the poor in spirit the the bankrupt the broken those that we're not talking about a physical poor here we're not talking about because because the, the gospel is prevalent to the rich as well as the poor he's talking about a quality of heart that realizes um and what is that good news that he's come to preach and then he's going to go on to tell you all of this stuff that's good that he's come to preach, but I think we, we we need to we need to understand that what he's about ready to say appeals to those exactly what you just said, Keith, who can receive it, who understand that before God there's a bankruptcy that you have. You're not a good person. You know what? If if you're a good person, show me the scale that by mm. which you judge yourself mm. according to right what if 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 i'm a good person keith i'm going to judge myself based on a sliding scale i'm right. i'm going right. to find someone else that's worse than me and say yeah look at me i'm i'm better than them that's right. but but the scale that god sets forth is not a sliding scale it is it is a fixed person and the goodness of god in the perfection of christ according to that where do you stand According to that, you have to come to the conclusion you're bankrupt before God. You have nothing to offer God except for a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And that is the good news that Christ preaches. And what comes from that, Jesus now dives into. And the first thing he says is that I have come to bind up the brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. And and that is that, that's a powerful truth, man, because Keith... This true, you know this. This world just rips people off. That's right, and it, it it ruins them, and it breaks their heart. Whether it's relationships, whether it's expectations in 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 your finances, whether it's you know just your expectations with religion. This world just rips and ruins people. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, first and foremost. I've come to heal the brokenhearted. And right. I'll tell you, that's good news. If 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 you're living in this that's world right. and you got a busted heart, right. you understand, man, that's great news. And when we look around at this world, if we're honest with ourselves, because of the fall and because of the sinful condition of every human heart, this world is broken beyond repair. And God's message of good news that Jesus is here to deliver and and he obtained through the cross and he guaranteed through his resurrection and that we receive by faith is a message of restoration that God has a plan, a work that he's begun in humanity that he created that he tends to accomplish. And he accomplishes that through Jesus Christ. And it's an act of restoring that which cannot be restored by human effort. It cannot be restored through our ingenuity, through our own wisdom, through the collective coming together. You know, you think of, of you know, the Tower of Babel. They were like, okay, let's build this tower. Let's come together. We got one language. Let's come together. Let's build this tower. Let's reach the heavens, right? I mean, the, you know, and, and that's a completely different story. But the point, the point was is there was nothing they, – they could not – they could not re-attain that level of fellowship, relationship with God, connection to God by human effort. And mm-hmm. and God purposefully thwarted that effort because there is no work of man. There is no accomplishment of humanity that can restore what only God can restore. And so in Isaiah 61 and again in Luke 4 when Jesus is talking about, he's talking about having been anointed. That means that he has an exclusive yes. ability given to him by the Father to do the restorative work that only can be done by God. 
That's what anointing means. When when a king mm. was anointed, they were anointed. They were, you know, in the Old Testament, they would they would pour this huge flask of oil over them. It was a symbol of uh, of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But it was also just saying, hey, you're you're soaked now in this responsibility, mm. and it belongs to you and you alone. There was one king, mm. right? And Jesus, as he comes, he is the exclusive anointed one. That's where our word Messiah and Christ both come from. Messiah being uh, the English transliteration of Mashiach, which is the Hebrew word, and then Christos, which is um, the Christ. It's it's the Greek uh, translation of Messiah. It's the concept of anointing that it's exclusive. Like this is not this is not available for everybody. There is an anointing that is available to followers of Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit, but there is an exclusive, only belongs to Jesus, the restorative right. work. This is why He came to. Bind up the brokenhearted to bring good news to the poor. Only Jesus can deliver that. That's right. And I love what he says. And, and, and it's interesting how he says these next things. He says, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It, there, every 49th year, Keith, there, there was a year, there was a year called the year of Jubilee. Mm. And so in that period of time, whether, whether it was year 30 or whether year one, if you went into debt for something, right, and you sold yourself as a servant or a slave and your property or whatever, on the 49th year, everything would be given back to you. All the debt would be forgiven. All of your stuff, all of your possessions, all of your treasures, everything would be given back to you. And it was a way of God saying, you're not to have dominion, perpetual dominion and oppress your people. But it's a beautiful picture of what Christ does, mm. that that the year of God's favor, the year of Jubilee right. is this, hey, the debt has been paid. I'm restoring back to you life. I'm giving back to you in Christ what was lost. But here's here what was lost in Adam. But here's the interesting thing. He says he's come to proclaim liberty. He's come to open the prison door and to proclaim the year of God's favor. It's a proclamation. It's an opening. But the 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 receiving the proclamation and the walking out of the prison, that's up to us. Really Jesus is. does that. Jesus proclaims it. Hey, this is this is it. Debt's forgiven, right? I have to receive it. Prison door's been open. You, you you don't have to be locked up in there anymore. I have to walk out, right? And and I, I love that picture that's being painted here is Jesus has done the difficult. He's mm-hmm. done the hard lifting. Now you just simply need to respond to the proclamation of freedom. You need to walk out of the prison door by faith and God will free you completely. And I just love what the Messiah, what this child and this son that's given, what he brings. That's right. And that's the simplicity of the gospel is that whoever believes in him would have eternal life. That it's not by that it's by grace that we have been saved through faith, and it's not of ourselves. It's a responding to what God has already done through Jesus Christ. And we're, we're going to pick up uh, with our next episode more on that topic. The other thing we're going to pick up on, Pastor Steve, here in Isaiah 61, Jesus, when he opens that scroll in Luke 4 and he reads this passage, he stops halfway through what we refer to as verse 2. That's right. He just stops. And we're sitting here reading like, oh, wow, this is crazy. This goes back to that understanding that Jesus's advent That's right. was not one trip. <laughs> That's right. It was going to be two. He was get, there, there was a first part and a second part to his coming. And we're going to talk more 
about that on the next episode. You've been listening to Shouts of Grace Radio. This is Pastor Keith Radke of River Community Church, Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church here in Utah. We're so thankful for Key Radio for allowing us the use of the studios, for hosting the show, for broadcasting it. You can also check out this episode. Uh, again, you can look at all the past episodes, share with your friends, Shouts of Grace Radio.com. Look it up on iTunes and, and Amazon and Spotify and all the rest. Um, but we just want to uh, continue this conversation next time. Thank you for joining us today as we look at the Advent season. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio. Practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. That's ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. At ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastors Steve and Keith. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church located in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.